on this episode of This Is Game Boy Light. Oh no, a witch attacks. to another light episode of This Is Game Boy. I'm Me Bloody Candy, or Tony, or whatever you want to call me. Um, and this is epi- light episode 52. We've done so many light episodes. <laughs> we should honestly just take off a light episode. And just be like, hey, let's catch back up on the normal episodes. Uh, light episode number 52. Uh, and I'll be again talking about more homebrew Game Boy games. I've been on a huge home homebrew kick, and uh, this particular homebrew game has a uh, has a kind of a soft spot now because of a article that has gone out. So uh, before we dive into the game, things I've been up to, uh, I did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge with Gronin Hero. Uh, we did a co-op let's play. It was super fun. Uh, he played as Michelangelo, I played as Raphael. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Trek to Yomi. Um, I don't know how to describe this game. It's a samurai game with very good Japanese voice acting. Uh, it's all in black and white with film grain. Uh, if you've ever played the Assassin's Creed Chronicle games that are like the side side-scrolling, like, action-y type games, it's kind of similar to that. Uh, I don't know, the combat's kind of janky, but the story and the graphics are actually really nice. Uh, I've only put, like, an hour into the game so far, but I'll probably end up getting a recording of that and getting it out. It, it so far seems pretty interesting. Uh, and I also was doing Mario Strikers Battle League. Uh, I recently just released that long play and let's play for the six cups or whatever it is that are in the game. It's a fun game. If you like Mario Strikers, it's a fun game. The online play is pretty alright too, unless you get someone that's super laggy. Uh, but for the most part, it's... The initial launch of the game was super basic. I'm really hoping they add more characters and potentially like more cups or more something to the game. Because as is right now, it is not worth full price. But that's all that I have been up to. Uh, so I've been watching. Actually, I've been watching a ton of movies lately. So um, I haven't watched any of the Star Wars stuff. I I always wait till like things are done done before I watch them, like a TV show. I always wait till like a TV show is done done before I watch it. And I know there's been talks about an Obi Wan season two, so I'm just like, well, maybe I'll wait till like it's done done before I watch Obi Wan. You know, things like that. Same with Mandalorian and stuff like that. So, um, but I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, I've watched all the new South Park stuff on Paramount. I've watched all the Beavis and Butthead seasons on Paramount. I've watched. Oh God, what else have I watched? This has been my life. It's just movies recently because I've been I've been doing so much like offline stuff. Uh, Ride along. Oh, here we go. The Shining, Constantine, all five Final Destinations, and they're all bad. Uh, the Wild Wild West with Will Smith, 
Terminator 2, Total Recall, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which I actually did not know it was a remake of Willy Wonka. So, I was kind of weird about by that one. Uh, Ride Along, which was meh. The Secrets of the Dumbledore movie with um, uh, The Secrets of Dumbledore. I, I think that's the most recent one. I, I don't know. Uh, I didn't understand the story. I don't understand it probably because like I just dove into it without knowing the, pre- the precursor to it all. So, uh, yeah. I was very lost watching that movie. I was like, who is this person and why do they know so much about animals? Um, so I was, I was very lost watching that movie. It, it was mediocre. It was, it was a mediocre Harry Potter movie at best. Um, I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of it. So, uh, but yeah, that's really all I've been up to. Um, a lot of YouTube stuff, a lot of, like I said, offline DME stuff. It's, it's, it's been busy on a non-digital level. But, um, so yeah, we're going to dive into this light episode game, which is Ruby and Rusty Save the Crows. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone. So, this game's actually pretty interesting. Like I said, it's a homebrew game. Uh, this game was released digitally on itch.io itch. in 2021. And is actually out for pre-order right now for a physical release in 2022. Uh, the developer is Max Oakland. If you don't know who Max Oakland is, you probably have heard of the Project Wink. Uh, Max Oakland has been putting a lot, a lot of effort into... A Game Boy Color game called Wink, and I am really excited about that project. But he has done a lot of other projects. If you go to itch, itch.io and check him out, you can see all of his earlier works. Uh, publisher Digital is itch.io. Physical is Bitmaps, Bitmap Soft. Um, so like I said, the game uh, Ruby and Rusty Save the Crows is actually out right now for a physical pre-order. Through Bitmapsoft, um, I was on the edge of ordering a physical copy since I already already had the digital copy to the game. But uh, Max actually put in a whole bunch of work after after I after I beat the game and after a few other people have beaten the game and given him suggestions, he's actually gone through and done a another like final patch to the ROM. Um, so I was like, you know what, like, I really want to check out a lot of the changes that he made, uh, both graphically and gameplay wise in the final edition. So I, I did pre-order a physical copy of, uh, Ruby and Rusty Save the Crows. Uh, a composer to the game is Max Oakland himself. Uh, he did the graphics, the story, uh, the graphics, the coding and the, uh, sound. And this is very much a, a platformer. Very much a platformer. <laughs> uh, let's see your plot. So the story is, Ruby and Rusty are a tomato and a beet who live on the farm with Ma, Pa, the Scarecrow, 
and the crows. One Halloween, Ma put a goofy witch costume on the scarecrow. Unfortunately, the costume had a cursed necklace that turned the scarecrow into an evil witch who took the job of scaring crows way too far. Ruby and Rusty aren't going to let the scarecrow get away with bullying their friends, so they decided to go around the farm and find the crows to make them feel better, and then defeat the evil scarecrow, or at least give her old clothes back. So there's the plot. They dressed up a scarecrow, and the scarecrow did his job a little too well. Uh, so going into the gameplay, A jumps, B picks up and throws items, which is very important. Think of like Super Mario, Super Mario Brothers 2 for the NES, American version, where you pull like the turnips and stuff out of the ground and throw them at enemies. Literally the same concept. Uh, and D-pad moves Ruby and Rusty. Uh, you have two different characters. You have Ruby, which is the tomato, Rusty, which is the beet. Neither one of them have a stat difference. It's just you get to play as one or the other. Uh, my playthrough, I played as both. I did half the game as Rusty and half the game as Ruby. Uh, items that you'll see throughout the game. You'll have flowers. Collect them all at each level to get at least most of the way to a perfect level. Uh, each level has a varying degree of flowers in it. Some of them... You have to jump off enemies' heads to get to. Some of them are in little secret passages. Uh, so you kind of got to hunt around and look for them a little bit. Uh, turnips, you pick these up out of the ground and throw them at enemies. Hearts, you typically either pull these out of the ground or they're just there. These restore your health. Crows, this is your level completion. So when you touch a crow, you complete the level. And keys, keys are typically towards the end of the game, like the final level, and these unlock, well, locks. <laughs> uh, there are 15 stages to this game. Uh, you have the farmhouse, you have the shed, the garden, the barn, the ravine, the dump, the cornfield, the driveway, another cornfield, a well house, a field, a tree, a forest, and, well, question mark, question mark, question mark, which is the final level, which is, I believe, Abandoned House. Each stage, each stage has a set amount of collectibles that you must gather in order to get a perfect on the stage. So there's, so you can do two different ways to completing a stage. You can just run through the stage as fast as possible, collect the crow, move on. Or you can collect all the flowers and beat the stage with full health, which is perfecting the stage. Perfecting the stage makes the crow animated on the level select screen so you can see when you've perfected a stage and if the crow just remains idle that means that you've either missed a flower or didn't complete the stage with full health um when going through the stages there is a variety of difficulty uh and since it is a choose your level there's no there's no such thing as a level one a level two a level three it's a, you choose whatever level you want to start with. <laughs> in my playthrough, I didn't realize the farmhouse was a level. I just thought it was just there. <laughs> so I skipped over the farmhouse and it went into basically level two right away. And then when I hit the, the forest stage, the forest stage is a ton of fun, by the way. Kind of hard, but it's a ton of fun. Um... 
I was like, oh, I still have one more stage left. And I went to the farmhouse. And the farmhouse is supposed to be, like, your tutorial, like, introduction into the game of, like, how it's supposed to be played. So I went from, like, one of the hardest stages in the game to one of the easiest stages in the game. So it was a pretty big mindset shift in order to get uh, through that. But each stage is, um, is themed atmospherically you know obviously with the sprites the background and the music uh to whatever the the level name is um like for example with well house you have to it's a it's a vertical it's a vertical section where you have to go down the stage and collect the things but if you fall in the water you die. Um, obviously, there are enemies in the way that are shooting things at you or flying towards you, moving towards you. Some of the platforming in this section is incredibly tight to make. Um, so the game does progressively get harder as you work your way through it. Um, and like I said, every stage kind of takes its own personality uh, into consideration. Like I said, with the well house and the tree, they're more of like the vertical type of platformers, while something like the driveway or a field, the garden, are more of your horizontal um, type of platformers. Uh, all the sprite work in the game is incredibly done. Uh, for it being a... For it being a 2021 game. For it being a game that... Uh, um, Max did a year or so ago, and seeing what he's done with Wink recently, uh, the work that he's done with Ruby and Rusty is actually phenomenal, and there's actually a lot of comparison uh, whenever we get a chance to play Wink that we can take from Ruby and Rusty in terms of just like the actual character and sprite design element into the game, and especially level design. Um, the level design of the game is actually very well done, uh, with the exception of a couple of a couple of stages, uh, there are a few stages where you're just like, well, like it's kind of flat. You know, maybe you could, we could have added a few more platforms here. Maybe we could have added like a secret room here. Maybe we could have taken away like this enemy sprite and done something else here. Like there are a few stages that you're just like, wow, this is kind of it's kind of flat because it's just you go from point A to point B jumping on top of or over enemies to get your flowers. Uh, but later on in the stages, like I said, with the well house, the tree, the forest for sure, uh, and the final level, the abandoned house, it adds a lot of complexity with vertical scrolling ladders. Uh, there's little bouncy things from like the mark, like they're, they're little blobs that you can bounce on that have a similar physics to a, to, to a Mario game. Um, and there's an interesting uh, enemy in the game called the Wasp. Uh, it looks like a giant bumblebee, but it's, it's called the Wasp in the game. And they shoot out of these wasp nests, and they shoot out so hard and so fast. Like, even if you jump on top of them, you still get damaged because of the velocity that they come out at. So there are enemies that you kind of just, like, have to dodge. Um... And just be careful of. And the hitboxes in the game are honestly pretty good. Uh, I've had a few instances where like I fell into a pit. And it was like, oh, I fell into a pit. 
something janky happened, but for the most part, hitboxes in the game are what you see is what you get. Uh, if you get hit in the face, you're going to get hit in the face, but nothing like 20, 20 pads, 20, 20 pixel padding outside of you is going to hit you like some other, uh, Mario, you know, like some other Game Boy games like Mario 2. Um, as you're progressing through the game, you are going to encounter boss fights or, well, the witch fights. So the witch does make an appearance a couple times throughout the game. The first time you face off against the witch, it's just on a flat plane, and she moves up and down. All you have to do is just dodge her, dodge her fireballs, and throw turnips at her. Very, very basic fight. The second time you fight her, you have a collective of three different platforms, uh, with a pit with a pit in the center of it. So if you fall down, you'll you'll die. Um, where you have to collect the turnips, and the turnips will appear on either side of the witch. Again, dodge the fireballs, hit the witch in the head with the turnip. Um, after so many hits, the witch will, will go away and you can move on with the stage. Now, where the game gets really, really intriguing is the final stage. So once you've collected, once you've finished all the stages, you go on to the final stage, which is the abandoned house. Now, if you've perfected every stage, you get a little... You get a little extra box at the end that says, Hey, congratulations on perfecting every stage. That's not not easy thing to do. Let Max know on Twitter, you know, so he can basically say good job. Um, I know since my playthrough, Max has actually changed the way the ending of the game works depending on if you've perfected the game or not. So when I got my copy of the game to play, it was. It didn't matter if you perfected the game or if you didn't perfect the game. You still got the same ending. But I know with the new with the new ROM coming out on the physical release, the ending will change pending on if you've perfected every level or not. So keep that in mind when you play through it. But once you get to the abandoned house, the abandoned house takes every element of the game and shoves it into one. So it does the perfect concept of, hey, let's take everything that you learned in the last 15 stages and bring them together into one one piece. And some of the things that you get to do at the end of the end of this game, you don't you never really get to think about how to do that during the game. So what I mean by that is at the start of the final stage, you have to take this turn up that you see immediately and take it to the bottom of the stage and hit a bouncy uh, a bouncy glob. There, I think there's one other stage where you actually have to do that. And it's not even like that precise. It's like you have to take this turn up and take it back, you know, to where it was and like break a nest or something. So there is some, I'm not going to say cryptic elements to it, but there are some things we have to think about. Like, how do I move this? Because you can't push it. You know, it says like, oh, I have to go way back and get this turn up. And then come way back down and like throw this turnip at it. So it's kind of like a lot of like old school knowledge that comes into play a little bit too. So, uh, I mean, having played hundreds of retro games now, um, you kind of take a little bit of that that knowledge and be like, hey, you know what? Like, you probably can't push this, so you try it and you can't. Yeah, you know what? You probably have to throw a turnip at it. And um, that's the case. 
The bouncing, though, like, if you're good at Mario Springs, you have no problems with these bouncy goos. I am awful at Mario Springs, and I mean awful at them. I can never get the timing down for the Mario Springs. So these bouncy goos, for me, was hell on earth. Um, I eventually figured out, like, a way to do it, but... Man, did I struggle <laughs> on some of these bouncy goos. Um, something also to take a hold of is that you have one heart throughout the playthrough. One heart per stage. If you get hit, half of your heart is gone. If you get hit again, your character basically explodes and you start the stage over again. There are no checkpoints in these stages. Um, so, and there's no iframes in the game so there's no invincibility frames in the game so if you get hit and stay inside of something you're gonna die just that's how it is um but where the game sounds kind of unrelenting the game is actually super fair in a lot of aspects of it because you can bounce off of things heads and if you hold down the jump button while jumping off of something's head you get a little bit more extra height um so when you're doing when you're doing like the forest stage for example like it's a very rhythmic stage if you're going if you're doing like a speed running strat through there. So if you can get the rhythm down on like the clouds and the springs and everything through there, you can literally just bounce your way through the stage. Well, without having to come close to the spiked vines on the bottom of the of the floor. It's actually a super, super cool stage to do in a speed run. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, the forest is probably my favorite stage in the game. Alright, so going down into, like I said, the, fin the final stage and the final fight. The final stage is where they introduce the keys. You have to go collect the keys to unlock, to progress through the stage. Once you've gotten to the witch fight, um, it's just like how it was before. You grab your turnips, you throw your, you throw your turnips at the witch, and yeah, you hope for a good time. Uh, this time around, though, the witch has a little bit more up her sleeve. So this time the witch has a mirror at the top of the screen at the top of the screen and this mirror once you get into phase 2 of the fight will start to uh, spawn in clouds that will seek after Ruby or Rusty depending on the person that you're playing and you have to either jump on their head or throw a turnip at them to take them out. Um, as you progress through this fight the witch starts to go up and down on the screen and much faster uh, fashion and uh, I found that you can only really hit the witch in the head for it to count towards um, well the, the the hit points so once you've defeated the witch you can leave the screen and go find your final little crow friend sitting outside the abandoned uh, abandoned house once you collect your once you've collected your your last crow friend, you get to see all the crows fly up in the air. Like I said, this ending may change depending on which version you're playing. And it will shift into the credit sequence where you actually get to see the wink sprite uh, on the first first page of the credits. Uh, and then if you let the credits play through, it does a sprite roll, 
where you can see all the all the sprite sprites names throughout the game. So think of like Kirby's Dreamland. If you've beaten Kirby's Dreamland on extra mode, um, it goes through the normal staff staff roll, and then after the staff roll, it spits out the the sprite the sprite roll the sprite credits. So uh, it does a very similar thing to that. And like I said, this uh, this ending has changed with the physical edition. Uh, as Max did put in some some extra stuff to make it uh, a bit more special and a bit more unique. Uh, once you have beaten the game, you can play through the game again on challenge mode, uh, which just makes the stages a bit harder. So we go over the cover real quick. So the physical edition is going to be a box um, box copy. It says. Ruby Rusty Save the Crows at the top in red and gold font. Uh, and down below it's going to have a witch chasing Ruby and Rusty with the cursed necklace on. And you can see the silhouette of some crows in the background while they're on the farmland. And you can see his little little bitty turn up like peeking out of the ground while Ruby and Rusty are running away from, from the witch. Um, according to this image here, the, the shell of the game will be in red. And uh, it will be formatted for Game Boy Color. It looks like we're going to get a... The first 100 people get a CD of the OST, which is actually very well done. And the first 100 people do get a sticker sheet as well. And this game is using the, the Wink engine. Uh, so like I said, Max Oakland has been working on... Uh, the game Wink for a while now, and I've, I've played a few of the demos of Wink, and it's fun. I'm very excited to, to, to see the full game of Wink. Um, fun fact, the biggest reason, the biggest reason I, I did this episode is because Nintendo Life uh, did an article about Ruby and Rusty Save the Crows uh, and interviewed Max Oakland himself. Uh, to talk about the game and to get more insight of the game. But also Nintendo Life published my video or like my playthrough of of Ruby and Rusty. So uh, it was it was interesting it was an interesting night because I was on YouTube and I uploaded it to YouTube and posted it onto Twitter. And I think I was like one of I don't know one of two, one of three videos for Ruby and Rusty on YouTube. Um, with the game being out for a year, I was actually surprised there weren't that many games, or weren't that many videos out for it. And But I'm the only long play out there, so there's no commentary in the video. And I posted it, and I literally came back to my computer the next the next day, hit refresh on my on my content viewer, my video went from two views to like 732 views. I was like, what the hell just happened? My first instinct was that, that bots got a hold of the video and just view botted the crap out of it. And I was like, that is insane if that happened. And I checked all of my other videos I uploaded that night. None of them were as big as Ruby and Rusty. I'm like, what is happening here? So I went into analytics and saw that there's a bunch of external traffic driving to the video. I'm like, what is going on with this video? So 
I hop on Twitter, I'm just like, what the, like, why is this video blowing up? Like, it's, like, it's a good video, it's a, it's a good game, but, like, it's a pretty not-known game, you know, and it's a homebrew Game Boy Color game, like, the amount of people probably looking for Game Boy Color homebrews on YouTube is probably pretty slim, you know, Sam Mallard was about the only exception to this, <laughs> and... And uh, I, I literally just Googled uh, Ruby and Rusty GBC, and the first thing that popped up was Nintendo Life. I was like, oh, Nintendo Life made an article about it. I'm like, all right, well, it makes sense for some of the bump in my video then, because people are just probably YouTubing it now, or like they're going to YouTube and searching for Ruby and Rusty to see gameplay. And I clicked into the article because I was um, genuinely curious, because I, I, I'm a big fan of Max's work. And... Right away, like, the big hero part, like, where, like, the slideshows and stuff are, is an embed of my video <laughs> of Ruby and Rusty. I was like, like, that's my YouTube video. I'm like, no wonder this video exploded and got published onto Nintendo Life with Max Oakland's interview. I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, all right. I'm like, we we made it. We made it to the big times now. I've never had a YouTube video published before, so uh, so that was super cool. And I I tweeted it at Max. I was like, yo, Max, your interview get my get my video published. <laughs> like, let's let's work on a wink now. I got to make more videos. <laughs> But uh, that was a big reason I was doing uh, this episode uh, this time around. That Because I, I also want to do another light episode on a game called The Machine by Ben Jelter. Uh, the Mach if you don't know who Ben Jelter is, you need to go look him up too. A phenomenal, phenomenal horror narrative Game Boy uh, homebrewer. Uh, he did games. Uh, he did Possum Country and he did... Uh, decide um both narratively amazing games but he just released his big project called the machine which has 22 or 24 endings to it and uh i am super looking forward to that i just got the notification today that my copy shipped out so i should have it hopefully within the next week um so expect that on a light episode or a bigger episode if I can get uh, Moe to grab a copy. Um, but I've been very much looking forward to that game as well. There's so many homebrew games I'm so looking forward to. Like Shapeshifter 2 is coming out soon. Gelatinous Goo is coming out at the end of the year. It's like, oh, everyone's like, AAA titles are sad. I'm like, no, 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 no. Game Boy homebrews. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, with that, we're going to take a quick break. I'll come back with uh, my thoughts of the actual game itself, some suggestions I gave to Max, and uh, where the speedrun actually stands for this game right now as well. Uh, and then obviously the the, the never-scripted uh, closing statements, so stay tuned. Thank you. 
everybody so yeah so like i said i it was interesting how i got a hold of this game so max and i have known of each other for a decent while uh max actually gave me some advice on the game boy game that i'm still currently in the process of making whenever i have free time to work on it um, he was giving me some insight on character or sprite creation, sprite limits, and things like that, uh, a few years back when, uh, when I was still, when I was dabbling hard into, uh, Game Boy Studio 2. But, uh, Max and I have known of each other for a while, followed each other on Twitter for a while, probably mostly because, uh, we, I think we have a mutual with either John Rue or... Green Boy Games or a few other homebrewers. And um, he tweeted at Gygus Blues for a potential to lay down a speed run for Ruby and Rusty Save the Crows. And Gygus was like, hey, I don't have, he's like, I really don't have a ton of time to dive into this game right now. Uh, he's like, interested, but not, I don't have time right this second to do that. However, E-Bloody Candy, Tony, does a lot of Game Boy homebrew stuff right now. Like, I'm going to shoot you over to him, and he tagged me into the tweets. And and I, like I said, I knew of Max's work. I mostly know of Wink, uh, just because I've been following Max's development path for Wink for a while. I've seen what he posts on Twitter and itch.io and whatnot. And... I was like, oh, I didn't realize he had a. I, didn't, I was like, I didn't realize he had a, a Game Boy, a, a, another Game Boy game created. So I went to itch.io and went to his profile and found it, and I, uh, I played like a quick. I played the, the 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 gameplay of it in the actual web browser for about ten minutes. Went through the screenshots. I was like, it looks like an interesting game. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check it out. So you know, I reached I reached out to Max. I was like, "Hey, like I won't. I'm like I won't speed run it because I just don't. I don't speed run really anymore. It's like I won't speed run it, but I'll definitely play through it and post some videos up for you." Um. So then Max and I got you know started communicating back and forth. And he gave me uh, a final, a, basically a final patch of the game, and I. I, I set a day. I was like, I was like, hey, I'm gonna I'll play it on stream. I don't know what day I'm gonna play it on stream yet because my stream days right now are, <laughs> my streams right now are dependent on whether or not I have like an open three to four hours of time to spend <laughs> playing the game. Uh, I just I don't have a lot of time to dedicate to streaming right now. Um, so it's like whenever I can find like a three to four hour window that I can just play games. That's when stream happens. Um, so I was like, I'll, I'll, I'm like, I'm gonna stream the game. I'll tweet at you when I start to stream it, but I can't give you an exact day. So finally, the day came. I was like, hey, I have a ton of time to actually play, sit and play games today. And Ben Jelter, this is Ben Jelter just came out with Decide. 
I get the final patch ROM for Ruby and Rusty. I get uh, two or three other copies of, of Homebrews. So I was like, fine, I can just sit down and just bust through all of them. Like, this is perfect. Um, and I tweeted at Max, I was like, hey, uh, live with uh, Ruby and Rusty. And immediately pops into my chat, says what's up. You know, so him and I are going back and forth. And I, you know, he's watching me as I play through the game and I was like, Hey, there's a glitch, you know, just showing him like, Hey, there's a glitch right here. Or, Hey, like maybe we can maybe think about like adding something like this into the game or, you know, this and that, whatever. But he's watching me play the game and he's like, Oh, I didn't realize that that was an issue or, Oh, I didn't realize you could do that, you know, or, you know, just like seeing how different people kind of play the game. And it might be kind of interesting from their point of view too, because like, and I haven't, I probably have an interesting game or play style as well too. Coming from a speedrunning background with these games now, it's like I grew up with I grew up with retro games. Stopped playing retro games for a long time. They went back into speedrunning. Speed ran seriously for five years, and then kind of kind of put down the reins on that and just went back to casual retro playing. So, but you can definitely see some of like the speedrun style come out. Whenever I'm playing a certain game, it whenever I get to play through Sonic, you get to see it heavily in Sonic. Um, so it, there's probably an interesting like dynamic of like an actual casual person playing the game versus like a casual like prior speedrunner playing the game. They probably have different outlooks on how to approach things differently and how to take advantage of certain things in the game as well too. So. Um, it was very interesting playing the game, hearing Max's feedback, giving Max some of my feedback. Um, I think ultimately though, when that physical copy comes out, it's going to be, it's, 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 it's going to go from a already super good game to an, to a very good game, great game coming out uh, on a physical, physical release, especially since I know what Max is done for the most part to the final final copy going on to the physical physical cart so um really beyond that i 100 percent of the game i collected everything um i did everything you could in the game i didn't play the challenge mode yet i was actually going to do that when the cart version came out i was going to go play through challenge mode because uh, i gave this i gave the suggestion to max I was like, hey, like when you beat the game, like on normal, are we gonna get staff roll or do we get like a a, a sprite roll as well? And we got both. I was like, like I was like I told Max, I'm like I don't know if you ever played Kirby's Dreamland, but when you play it through on normal mode, you just get the staff roll. But if you beat it on extra mode, which is KDL's challenge mode, you get both the staff roll and a sprite roll. And he's like, that's a super good idea. I was like. I'm like, I don't know how late in production this is, but, you know, it might be something interesting for Winky, you know, if you, if, if you can't get it done for Ruby and Rusty. So I, I know there's some elements that uh, Max has put in. I know he's made some care, or sprite updates to certain sprites as well, too. So looking, super, super looking forward to checking it out uh, when I get a copy of, when I get my copy of it in the mail. Uh, but yeah, it was just really interesting how it all kind of unfolded. 
It started to, it started from a knowing of each other to tweeting Gygus to Gygus tweeting me to me tweeting Max to Max and I DMing, DMing and emailing each other. So it was kind of it was kind of cool. Uh, it was a very fun exchange. Uh, I I like I said I've always been a fan of Max's Max's work, especially on Wink, since that is the project I have probably had the closest eye on uh, so far of his. But uh, as for the speedrunning segment, I think I'm the only one that's put in a speedrun so far. And I, I wouldn't even consider it a, yeah, I wouldn't even consider it an official speedrun. Um, I was curious to see, because there's going to be definitely two categories to the game, right? There's going to be 100% and there's going to be any percent. Uh, any percent is just blowing through the game as fast as possible without collecting the flowers or whatever else in the stage. 100% is going to be collecting everything. So, um, But I, I just blew through it with a quote-unquote any percent. And uh, with, a lot, with a lot of deaths in the last half of the game, I think I got the game down to like 27 minutes. Because um, there is some definite tech when bouncing off of enemies to get through stages faster. Uh, but I did, like I said, I, I call it the unofficial run because I put, I put two attempts into the speed run and got it down to like 27 minutes, even with really bad pathing and very sloppy gameplay. So, um, I may put some time into it. I know we have a few marathons coming up with RGL and power up of pride. Uh, that I, I might sink some more time into the Ruby and Rusty speedrun uh, just to kind of like polish it a bit more for marathon's sake uh, because I, I, I do want to showcase the game at a marathon so I may polish it up a bit and try and get it showcased at RGL's uh, Halloween Marathon and Power Up of Pride's Winter Marathon if I can get the game into both of those but um yeah. Otherwise, there's no other speedrunner for the game except for me. Kinda. Kind of me. <laughs> but when I was going through the speed, when I did the quote-unquote speedrun of the game as well, too, uh, I found a bunch of bugs with the witch that I, heard, that I reported to Max, and I'm kind of hoping Max... I, like, a little, bit, a little bit of me is hoping that Max didn't fix it. But a part of me is like, Max should probably fix this. <laughs> um, like the the QA or inside of me is like, you should probably fix this. But the speedrunner inside of me is just like, you should just kind of just not just forget I said anything. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens in the in the physical copy of it. Um. So yeah, speaking of. RGL and things of the like. Uh, marathon season is here and in full swing. Right now we have Summer Games Done Quick 2022 happening right now. Uh, so <laughs> things are things are kicking off with a bang. Uh, when it comes to Retro Gaming Live TV, definitely check out The Waffle Show. Uh, it's every Saturday, uh, usually during the day. From like 1 till like, it's usually like 1 till midnight, but like 
if I'm the closer, it's more like one to like four in the morning. <laughs> so it all just depends on who's on schedule for the uh, the waffle show. Uh, if you don't know what the waffle show is, uh, there's a bunch of us from the RGL staff that get together and do a do a couple hour time slots throughout the day where we toss up some consoles that you can uh, choose games from. When you talk in a chat, you get put into a raffle. Uh, we raffle, we spin the raffler. If your name is chosen, you get to choose a game and what console you want to play it on, and we play it for 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, it's actually a super cool thing. You get to see some really unique games. You get to see some games you've never thought about ever playing. Like I, when I last time I did it, I got stuck with Advanced Tactics One and Two uh, for the Game Boy Advance, which are games I would typically never play. They're pretty fun. They're long, but they're pretty fun. Um, I've also gotten a few Kuso games, which if you don't know me, I love Kuso games. So uh, I've gotten a few of them, but for the most part, the whole the the Waffle Show on Saturdays is a hoot. It's a really good time, ran by super awesome people. So definitely check that out on Retro Gaming Live TV. As for events coming up, we don't have a ton in RGL uh, popping off. Uh, we have RGL Rando Mondays. If you don't know what Rando Mondays is, is that every Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, we have randomizers going through, whether it is Dragon Warrior, um, Zelda, Mario, um, whatever it may be. Uh, there is always some sort of rando happening Monday night, 7 p.m. Eastern on Retro Gaming Live TV. And let's not to mention, let's not forget the RGL Golf Club with Kat and Vani, where uh, that is still very much popping off. Uh, if you're interested in joining the Mario Golf, I want to say it's the N64 version, question mark? Or the GameCube version. I don't. It's one. It's N sixty four. Okay, N sixty four version. Get a hold of uh, Flannel Cat or uh, or uh, uh, Bonnie Van if you're interested in joining the golf club on Wednesday nights. Um. Power Up with Pride just recently finished their marathon. Uh, they'll also so they've also just posted recently that Fastest Furs will be having a uh, charity speedrun event. Uh, but if any Midwest Midwest access, I can talk. Uh, July twenty third through July twenty fourth. Um, so definitely give that marathon a check out. I'm assuming everything is already closed. Oh no, submissions and submissions for runners and hosts are open through July 9th. So if you're interested in that, like I said, it's July 23rd to July 24th. Uh, benefiting Midwest Access um, by the fastest furs. So go ahead and check that out. Like I said, Power with Pride is semi-recently wrapped up there. Um, summer edition of their marathon and we'll be doing hope 
hopefully doing their winter edition in December. Um, we have Midwest Speed Fest coming up. Midwest Speed Fest. Let's see here. Do we have a day? I, I, the game. The game list is done. I do know that. I don't think we have days set yet. Yeah, I don't believe we have days set yet for Midwest Speed Fest. If we do, I don't know that. I do know them because I click links. August 26th through August 28th, Midwest Speed Fest will be going on. This is typically an in-person event for 2DCon. Games to check out and look out for during Midwest Speed Fest is we're going to have um, Meta Nightmare Returns from Kirby Planet Robobot for the 3DS. We are going to have Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle on the NES. We will have... Let's see here. Animaniacs on the Genesis, which is the same thing on the Game Boy. What else we got here? We got ghosts, ghosts, ghouls and ghosts on the Sega Saturn. That'll be an interesting run. Speed Rumbler uh, and River City Girls. Endure the Explorer. Search for Pirate Pig's Treasure on Game Boy Advance. No lie, best Dora game on the Game Boy Advance. There are, I think, three or four Dora games on the Game Boy Advance. Search for Pirate Pig's Treasure, the best of them all. No cap, the best of them all. <laughs> oh, and Squidlet is going to be shown off at Midwest Speed Fest by K&H. All bosses, that's awesome. Squidlet is a phenomenal game. Um, an absolute joy to play. And I want to have Sam and Alex on the podcast again to talk about Super Squidlet, so... I need to reach out to them. I know they're busy with another project that I don't know if I'm allowed to say out loud yet. So, but I I know about it. <laughs> I know about it. Um, a couple others know about it too because I spilled the beans. But I I know about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, with that, um, that's really all I got going on. If you're interested in knowing more about speedrunning marathons, literally just follow people on Twitter. Um, there's a speedrunning Reddit that I know gets posted to all the time. There's a speedrunning Discord that has all this stuff in it as well, too. Like, this information is out there everywhere now, so... Um, with that, uh, I know we don't have any questions or comments because I didn't even make a Discord channel for this light episode, so take that. <laughs> um, if you have any thoughts and suggestions for the podcast, the podcast light episodes, or anything, let us know. Throw it in Discord, DM it to us, toss it to us in stream, tell it to us to our face if you know us in person. Tweet at us. 
uh, you know, stitch me on TikTok with a feed with some feed feedback. You know, whatever you want to do. Uh, we love to hear from y'all. We love to hear what's going good, what's going not so good. Um, seems like we've been hitting the mark according from what you all are saying. So I'm pretty happy with that. So, but there's always room for improvement. Uh, you can find me, eBloody Candy, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find my awesome co-host, Mula, M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H, on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. You can find our awesome, beautiful producer, Sprinty Legs, on Sprinty Legs on Twitch and Twitter, Legs on YouTube, and you can check out her project website, www.sprintylegs.com which is where you can also find the Game Boy Manual database that we're still working on. <laughs> um, what else is there? So, oh yeah, yeah, we got that thing. So we have a Patreon. Um, if you if you are generous and want to be a patron to our podcast um all the money that we get from the patreon goes 100 percent of it goes right back into the podcast whether it's for subscription fees equipment paying legs uh whatever needs to happen all of it 100 percent goes right back into the podcast to make sure we can keep everything up and running as smooth as possible um we're still working on some of the newer uh, things now that we're on RGL and doing live big episodes, uh, we are kind of rethinking how some of the tier stuff and how the monthly goal stuff kind of works. But Glenn and I just recently released a new Haunt Hunters video, finally, after like a three month hiatus on that. Um, so if you are a patron, you actually get a first premiere access checkout of the Haunt Hunter uh, video. This time around it is Fishing Vacation, which is a horror Game Boy inspired game. It's actually pretty dope. So um, check that out if you're a patron. If you're a not if you are not a patron, this video will be out probably in the next couple weeks for the public to see. PayPal, we do have a PayPal as well too. We can't tie anything into PayPal because PayPal is the absolute devil. Um, so if you do support us through PayPal, please let one of the three of us know. We want to thank you and give you stuff for, for supporting us. We want to shower you with love. Um, yeah. Um, money though. Money isn't the only thing that helps out the podcast. It helps. Don't get me wrong. It helps. But it's not the only thing you can do to help out the podcast. Literally just joining us in Discord, hanging out in Discord, talking in Discord, listening to the podcast itself, giving us a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast or the Google Podcast or the Stitcher Podcast, whatever other podcast is out there that lets you rate a, a podcast episode. Just putting five stars in helps out tremendously. Uh, just listening to our smooth voices talk about... Very new Game Boy games um, that everyone in the world has heard about uh, is is 
is a ton of support in itself already. Like I've told, I've told Mo, I've told Legs, hundreds of times. If you would have asked me four years ago when we started this if we would be anywhere we are, anywhere near where we are now, I'd be like, no. The podcast would last maybe a year or two. We would get bored with it. No one would listen to it. We'd be done with it. Here we are four years later with a growing community and a growing listening audience. And it is absolutely a joy to watch and hear everyone see new faces, meet new faces. It has been amazing. So thank you all for that. Uh, we do have a merch store, which I need to yell at Mo about to put more stuff on it. Uh, we have a merch store where you can get yourself a t-shirt and a coffee mug with the Game Boy. This is Game Boy logo on it. Uh, I'm going to yell at Mo to put more stuff on it and to make more designs to have more options. Because right now, they're boring and they're stale and we need new cool stuff because we've been at this for four years now. <laughs> so... Uh, with that, you can find all of that information on thisisgameboy.com. And the next time you hear my smooth as silk voice again will be for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 with Mo. Have a good day. Because who wants to buy a video game about a potato?